He's always mistakenly British. Teen crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, presents Mark Stein. Well, here he is. Our undocumented anchorman, Mark. I have to tell you something. I saw an ad, I saw a story this week, and this is to me no wonder Mark doesn't live over there or never wanted to. Your new king is paying, <laughs> is is advertising for a master gardener. This is the guy that's going to be working on the gardens of that those those gorgeous castles and all that stuff that they live in. Uh-huh. He, he the pay is thirty five grand a year. You. <laughs> You can't even get somebody to do your lawn over here in the states for thirty-five grand a year. No, bunch no. of cheap skates. No, that's actually he's actually. Uh, I'm. I think I'm paying more to have my lawn done, uh, which is a lot smaller than his lawns at Buckingham Palace, Windsor Castle, Balmoral Castle, Sandringham, Highgrove House, and wherever else this guy is going to be running the mower. He's. Uh, it, it, it. They're not paid a lot. These people. Uh, these and they do it. The members of the royal household they do it for love. So it's not about the money. If you want to make money, you're much better going on Instagram and becoming an influencer or twerking or whatever than sitting. being a royal gardener. That's certainly true. Have you seen the cake sitters? Speaking of that, have you seen the cake sitter? <laughs> you do know that that's a thing now, right? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't want to know. I'm basically, I'm, as you pointed out, I'm a subject of the king. I'm basically a mid-19th century guy who's 150 years past his sell-by date. So these kinky things that you hipsters are into, I don't want to go there. I found out by accident, Mark. Listen, <laughs> since the last time we were together, there was a brutal attack, as we all know, on mm. Paul Pelosi. Now, <clears throat> it turns out, Mark, that some uh, there's a Fox News report that this gentleman, this Canadian, yes, this Canadian, <laughs> no, that's true. He is. He is a Canadian. Has been in the United States illegally. He's yeah. way past his visa. Yeah, yeah. So once again, immigration, illegal immigration, rears its ugly head. But is that going to have an impact at all on this Paul Pelosi story? And by the no, way, no, no, that's actually very interesting. You know, visa overstays are never mentioned. If it's just some guy from south of the border who runs somebody down in suburban Virginia or whatever, the visa overstay element is never mentioned. I'm, I'm interested as a Canadian. <laughs> who who's way overstayed in the United States. I'm interested to see that this is actually the first time that the Democrats and their media chums are actually making an issue of the immigration status of a guy. So you can, if you if you come from south of the border, you can drive drunk, run over as many people as you want. But if you come from north of the border and you go up against a big shot Democrats, suddenly illegal immigration is an issue. It's interesting that, and uh, and it's duly noted. Now, there have been some ugly, ugly, ugly rumors, Mark, about what really happened out there in San Francisco, and I don't want to engage in any speculation, but let me just ask you, do you think we've been told the whole story? Do you feel confident that the narrative that we've heard, there's this crazed right-winger, that's what they said at first, who came in and did all this, is this, do you think we've gotten the full Pelosi story? 
No, because I must say, uh, one of the things that uh, I've come sadly to realise over the last few years is that the official narrative is almost never true. And that's particularly, uh, that's, that's particularly the case when, it, uh, when the Democrats are interested in imposing the narrative. Now, I'm not interested in, really, in this story terribly much at all, but I, find it I do find it interesting and striking that the police claim at first that a third man opened the door to the Pelosi residence, and now apparently we're told that was an error, there was no third man. And I find things, uh, my whole attitude now, and this goes back to things like the, I'm not a conspiratorially minded kind of guy at all, I would like to be able to believe in the, uh, in, in the statements of bureaucrats from a long-established constitutional republic. But, uh, you know, th the, the Las Vegas thing put me off a lot of this stuff. Uh, this guy commits the biggest mass shooting in history, and somehow uh, the police neglect to secure his house out of town, so that gets broken into and all the stuff stolen. There's, I just don't, be I don't believe, when, particularly when it involves powerful, important people, uh, I, I think there's a certain amount of cleaning up of the story uh, to make it uh, fit the least inconvenient narrative. And, and certainly this third man who was there on the night but now apparently doesn't exist is a, is a good example. You know, there was a, a third man, well, a third person that was involved in Mr. Pelosi's DUI thing. Apparently yeah. it was reported there was a witness out in the middle of nowhere in wine country, and no one's ever explained what happened to that witness. That, just curious, since you happen to mention third party, you know, curious. Yeah, no, no, a lot of this stuff is curious. And the other thing I find completely contemptible, which is obviously the fact that uh, the Democrats never let, it's not just that they never let a crisis go to waste, as Rahm Emanuel said, they never let anything go to waste. So they're in big trouble, supposedly, before this election next week, and they need a bit of help. So now the thing is that this guy, who, as you said, is basically an illegal Canadian hippie, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, LGBT, QWERTY flag, all the rest of it, uh, living with a nudist, uh, but uh, you'd get the impression just from watching network news coverage that he's some sort of MAGA guy who spends every weekend at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, the the glamorization of political violence is the left's thing. The only two uh, prominent serving politicians who have been brutally attacked are Steve Scalise and Rand Paul, who are both living with the, the injuries they suffered. Uh, Paul Pelosi's very own daughter, Christina Pelosi, tweeted out that Rand Paul's neighbor was right. Right to attack oh. him, that is. Right to attack him. That's Paul Pelosi's daughter. Um, and so Rand Paul and Steve Scalise get attacked. Nobody cares. Nobody does this. Nobody does story. Oh, is left-wing violence getting out of hand? Nobody runs stories like that. The glamorization of the left are the ones who do all the. They do all these plays. They do all these novels about assassinating Republican presidents. They put on a version of Julius Caesar in which uh, Julius Caesar has a Donald Trump wig in New York City, paying Broadway prices, uh, Shakespeare in the Park, to see a Donald Trump 
lookalike getting stabbed, 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 um, just because it turns them on, in the same way that the Kathy Griffin thing, holding up the severed head of Trump, turns them on. And for the most part, these people, don't, Kathy Griffin, in the end, doesn't have it in her to go actually elf and decapitate him. Uh, uh, she's not like, you know, the guys at Gitmo who enjoy the actual decapitation. Uh, she just enjoys the frisson, the thrill of fantasizing about the decapitation. And the trouble is when you have uh, that kind of vibe in the air, you know, that's how it leads to Rand Paul and Steve Scalise. And uh, Maxine Waters is telling us to confront Trump people wherever you find them in the open and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But the, yeah. the Amazon Prime, I'll leave, I'll leave this one with this, Mark. The Amazon Prime Washington Post had a, uh, an op-ed from their editorial board, and they questioned in the op-ed if America is now a country that can protect its leaders from violence. And it just it struck me funny because the real conversation that's happening on American streets is, can America protect its citizens from violence from the criminals that Democrats let out of jail on a daily basis? Yeah, well, I, I, since you since you always uh, bring up the monarchy that you threw off with me, um, I will say this for the the Queen. Uh, a guy stepped out uh, trooping the Kala, which is a military ceremony in which she rode on a beloved uh, horse given to her by uh, the Canadian Mounties uh, every year, and she was riding in that parade. A guy stepped out from the crowd and leveled a gun at her. Now, the police got to him and stopped anything, but everyone was saying, oh, oh do you think we should, do you think the Queen, instead of riding on a horse, should be in some uh, uh, bulletproof glass contraption? And the Queen said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. I'm going to be back on my horse next year because that risk is part of the job. Now, the sp this is where the story gets odd in San Francisco. Nancy Pelosi flies home every weekend in a government plane because the people around her think it's not safe for the Speaker of the House to use the same modes of transportation that everybody else does. She can't possibly fly commercial. It's not safe. So we're supposed to believe that she has to f have a government plane to fly her from Washington to San Francisco, but that in San Francisco she's completely unprotected. That's another aspect of this story that doesn't make any sense. These guys are already too insulated from the rhythms of ordinary life. The Queen got that right, and these people saying Nancy Pelosi needs to be even more sealed off from reality are in the wrong on this. Well, speaking of places that have been sealed off, for many people... Places like Oregon are sealed off from their experiences. They don't want to go there because it's so dangerous. It looks like now Oregon might end up with a Republican governor. And that might be one of the big surprises that comes out. Now we are a week away today from Election Day. Uh, what are you expecting a week from now, Mark? Well, I, I'm concerned about, you know, when I see some of these numbers like... Uh, you know, Fetterman just being three points down in uh, Pennsylvania and uh, whoever it is just being five points down in Georgia because 
that's that's close enough for those elections in those particular states to be stolen. But what is interesting to me about places like Oregon, or indeed, which is sort of closer to me in New Hampshire, somewhere mm-hmm. like Vermont, is that um, actually, you know, the the I'm surprised the Democrat. Uh, vote has held up the way it has because everything is wrecked now. Nothing works. It's all cut. And yet I think at a certain level people, you know, people who are about to become the victims of the policies they've supported for decades, their entire life. A lot of these nice little Democrat ladies who voted Democrat ever, ever since they were 18 years old, uh, and everything is wrecked. And it's asking a lot of people to admit you got every, you, the, the last 20 votes you've cast in the last 20 election cycles got everything wrong. And this is the world you have made. And it is asking a lot, I think, for people to actually acknowledge that they made the wrong choices. So I hope we have some good news uh, next Tuesday. But, you know, places like Oregon, by the standards of almost anywhere on earth, ought to be paradise. Vermont ought to be paradise. But liberal policies have turned those states, uh, you know, Burlington, Vermont, a nice, shishy little town, now it's coming.